This is episode 66 of African in American with your girl, Six the Goddess. And keep in mind, I'm a goddess and I'm sensitive about my shift. Peace and love, family. I hope you are doing well. The family and I are doing well. Um, Again, we are all right here in Georgia, okay? I know... They hyping us up on the news, but we are doing just fine. I want everyone to remember, um, you know, as things are opening back up and, you know, life is slowly going back to normal. I just want to remind everyone that, you know, you've been living 20, 30, 40, 50 years of your life. You don't been through 20, 30, 40, 50 flu seasons in your life. Okay, just don't ever forget that. Don't ever forget what your immune system was doing prior to this Rona, prior to this 19, okay? If you've survived 30 flu seasons and you ain't croaked yet, guess what? You're going to be okay to go outside this summer, okay? Ladies and gentlemen, please turn that news off. Please stop letting these people scare you. Please. Okay. Things are going back to normal. Life has to go on. You just cannot continue to be in the house scared, not getting no air, no sunlight, immune system getting weaker by the day, you know, staying in the house, not exposing yourself to no germs. Your immune system needs to be exposed to germs in order to stay functioning. Staying in the house, worry ain't doing nobody no good. So do not be afraid to resume your lives and resume your summers. This is not the time to be social distancing. This is the time to be getting together. Speaking of getting together, just a quick reminder that I am speaking at Return of the Gods 2020 here in Atlanta, Atlanta, Georgia. Event is put on by the sister Kateria Knows. Return of the Gods is a giant, spiritual, fun, pleasant celebration of Black people, Africans in the diaspora, just celebrating who we are, our culture, our traditions, and just being great. It's going to be a blast. Um, you will go to rotg2020.com to purchase your tickets. Okay, this is not a time to be social distancing. This is the time to get together. Anywho, let's get into this week's topic. So this week, it has been on my spirit to have this conversation because I feel like right now the tea is hot for this topic. I feel like right now the tea is just brewing and it is time to sit and really sip on this topic. And the topic is the war on the right of black men to be men. Now, we have spoken a lot about the war on femininity in black women. We have spoken a lot about how you know, as black women, our issues are often disregarded. And by being black and being a woman, we are totally overlooked in society and disadvantaged. You know, we've we've acknowledged this. We've talked about this a lot. 
But now let's really talk about um, the flip side of this, because this is very important. Let's talk about the way that black men are robbed of their birthright, which is masculinity. Okay. Now, if you've been paying attention, you will notice an uprising of masculinity that is happening right now. Okay. Masculinity is on its last leg. It, it is fighting for its life on life support right now. Okay. There are serious agendas. There is serious work being done to discourage just men in general, let's start there, from being masculine. Okay, there is a overall discouraging of healthy heterosexual relationships, period, going on. Masculinity is being deemed the cause of our pain and the issue with the world. Okay, so now let's add on a man being a black male to that. Okay, the world is already terrified of the self-sufficient, independent, armed, knowledgeable black man with a black woman by his side. Nothing scares society more because of the amount of power in that union. Now, during this pandemic, Let's really break something down here. All right. If you follow me on Instagram at six, the goddess, which if you're not, what are you doing? Because we be lit on there. And lately I've been doing a lot more live streams and our live streams be super dope. Like y'all know my style. I like to be serious about things, but I still like to joke, have a sense of humor, have a good time. So on our lives, it's just really like for the culture. So if you're not following me at Six the Goddess, come on, sus, just stop what you're doing and follow me now. You playing, you, you played, you played. So on the live stream um, the other night, we were having a discussion about the real purpose behind men, how a man fulfills his purpose. We were talking about how men these days, because of the war on masculinity, men have now switched to a more feminine mindset when it comes to teaming up, when it comes to mate selection. Nowadays, you have men that want to be loved and wanted and needed and cherished the way a woman does. You have men, we, we know by now that the responsibility of a man is a thankless job. Okay, if if you want to be masculine because you're looking for applause, that's not the reason. A man has to be masculine for himself. He has to be masculine because he wants to be um, an asset to his family. A man does not choose to be masculine for admiration and adoration. Okay, if you're in it for that, go home. You're drunk. This is not the place for you. Being a man is a thankless job. This is why. The man is the leader. This is why the man is the boss because he has the most sacrifice that he makes. You do not get the big piece of chicken just because you have a penis. You get the big piece of chicken because you sacrifice the most 
Because at the end of the day, when it gets straight down to the wire, it is you that has to sacrifice yourself. Okay. This is what being a man is. When men run from this, it's a personal choice. You can't change that. And it is what it is. All right. But that is the true essence of a man. He is the ultimate. He makes the ultimate sacrifices for those that he puts under his masculine protection obligation. That is what it really come down to as a man. So we were speaking about how men these days have this rhetoric that goes, oh, a man is not loved unless he has money or unless he provides or unless he protects. I'm more than a protector. I'm a human being. And it's like, oh my God, cue the violins. Why don't you? Oh my God. And scene. It's like, shut up. You know, this is this is the real world. This is the real life. This is not a game. It's not a movie. This is the real deal. And I use the example of, and the reason why I say your value as a man is your, when it comes to your personality, how nice you are, if you're funny, all of that comes later. Because if you can't get past the first two steps, which is being a protector and a provider, nobody cares about anything else. You as a man cannot say, well, I can't provide, but I got a heart of gold. Well, I can't protect, but I'm a nice guy. Once you fail on the protect and provide part, no one cares after that. So for men to run around with the rhetoric of, I'm more than a provider, I'm a human. No one will even get to that point once they see you not protecting. And I use the example of, can you imagine if a man and a woman were coming out of Walmart and someone jumped out from behind a car and, you know, was like, stick it up to your wife and was like, give me your purse. And the man screamed and ran away and and ran to get help and left her there. Okay, what would happen? Uh, So the new, it breaks across the news. It's on It's on CNN. It's on video. They have video surveillance footage from outside of Walmart that this man came and, you know, demanded your wife's purse and you ran away. Do you think that man could ever show his face again? Do you think anyone would say, well, he didn't protect his woman, but boy, is he a nice guy. and He's a human. No, because you have one job. All right. You have one job. Okay, if you're there in that woman's presence, that is what matters is is she protected with you? If you run away and leave her for dead, no one cares how nice you were after that. That is when your manhood is defined. This is very important. And this is a God given responsibility. That's why you have to understand the honor in being a black man. You are deemed with the highest honor. Okay, you think high honor is easy? No, high honor, yes, it will require sacrifice. Yes, it will require discipline. Embrace that. Okay, this is what it really comes down to when it comes to being a man. Those two Ps, protect, provide. I don't care how cliche, basic, and played out it may seem to you. It is basic, cliche, and played out because it is true. So now what happens 
when you threaten that man's ability to really protect. Well, essentially, you're breaking down the very thing that makes him a man. That is the very thing that separates and differentiates him from a woman. So when you attack his ability to protect or you hinder his ability to protect. That is the biggest attack you can make on a man. And then when you add that, you will grant other men the right to protect what's theirs based off of their skin color. Well, that's just a nail in the coffin. Again, we are not in fear during this pandemic. We are using this pandemic as a means to learn, as we should be using any experience, negative or positive, in our life. And we should always be able to turn it into something we can learn from. So let's really sit back and observe what has went on during this pandemic. I don't know if it was last week or the week before that I was speaking about how the redneck, red state white men were showing up with assault rifles, okay, because they were told that their rights were being violated and that they had to shut down their businesses. Most of these type of men have businesses that have been passed down generationally through the men in their family. Majority of them are at the level they are at because of slavery, free labor, okay, unfair laws, okay, unfair loans, stealing, okay? So now these men have a generational responsibility to protecting their businesses and their businesses protect and provide for their families. Now, this is how men operate when they were not enslaved, when they were not beat down when they did not have their women taken from them, when they do not have a system that constantly suppresses their rights and abilities to protect. This is how men react when their manhood has never been under attack. So let's, let's pay attention to this because a broke clock is, is correct twice a day. And the way that these saltines handled themselves really shows the essence of what and how deep your responsibility as a man goes. Let's really look at this. Okay, let's let's take color out of it. Let's just observe this just as as a man moves in general. Okay, so they are demanded to close their businesses, their promised money. Okay, the money never shows up. They're still demanded to be closed. All right, it's been, you know, two, three months. They haven't been able to function their businesses properly. All right, um, cash flow is extremely important in keeping a business profitable. Okay, so now they're watching this cash flow slow down. Um, Things are getting real. You were promised money you never got. It's time to take action. You slowly see 
your family business, you slow, you slowly see your family becoming in jeopardy due to this situation. So now them as men bind together. They bind together, armed and ready for whatever. And they take on the government as a unit and make demands on what they expect. And if their expectations are not met, they make it clear that there will be blood. That's what it means when you bring a gun. It means blood. It means I'm willing to shed blood. That's what a gun represents. It represents I'm ready for war. I'm ready to shed blood. Do they bring the guns to shoot someone that day? No. The gun represents we are men, we are armed, we are ready. And we are ready to die behind our rights to provide for our families. When it gets real, when it matters, that is the essence on how far a man has to be willing to go. So these men had the ability to make that bold move without being made to be violent or demonic in the media or have any media coverage of it at all and to not be laid out and mowed down by the military when they're storming these government buildings with assault rifles in hand. Okay. That has to be, in my opinion, that is the epitome of white privilege and white supremacy and what it's really about. The fact that, let's think about if black men were to handle themselves that way. And I know some of you just heard me say that. And you're like, whew, man, we know how that would go. Yeah, we do. Now, let's imagine it the other way around, Okay. Because these these men are having a heart attack because, you know, their little rights have been violated right now during this pandemic. (laughs) Black men's rights, just the right to be a man, (laughs) period, has been severely, grossly violated (laughs) for centuries. (laughs) Okay, For, for centuries, he has been... Uh, prohibited from exercising his right to protect himself and his family. Do you know how deep that is? Do you know how relevant that is? This is why I cringe when black people are like, I got white friends, you know what I'm saying? They cool as hell. That's not what it's about. It's not about if you got white friends that are nice to you. Guess what? Your white friend, Chad, when his well-being when his rights, when his abilities are in jeopardy, he has the option of doing that. He has the option of defending and protecting his name, his legacy, and everything he's worked for as a man. You don't. At the end of the day, when y'all hang out and have beers and go on boys trips and ha 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 kiki, he still has the space and the ability to defend his manhood and you don't. 
He has the ability to freely defend his manhood while you have to constantly make the choice of biting the bullet or die. Do you know what it does to a man when he consistently has to bite the bullet on his right to protect and defend himself and his family? Do you know what that does long-term, generationally, psychology-wise to a man? Psychological-wise? It slowly eats away at everything that makes him who he is. And it's even more so effective if he is not consciously aware that this is a real thing. Because you have toxic people who when you try to acknowledge that this is indeed a disadvantage that black men face, they tell you to shut up, get over it. You're overreacting. The white man ain't holding you back from nothing. The white man ain't. No. Now, are we speaking about the brothers that have no job, ride around with an expired tag, suspended license, blowing an ounce of gas out the window, doing 40 miles over the speed limit, and then the police pull them over and take them to jail, and then they say, the white man trying to hold me back? No, we're not talking about that. We are talking about um, this example as we're just speaking of, if it was a black man who committed the same exact actions that these white men did, that they would have 100% been killed. 100%. We're talking about that. That we have to acknowledge that. I mean, come on. This is why I cringe when bed wenches suggest that having a black man, or I'm sorry, suggests that having a white man is better or more profitable because they have less issues than black men do. No shit, Sherlock. Also, we're going to just ignore this elephant in the room. That while a white man can choose to defend himself and his family with with knowing that there is a 95% chance he will do so with no consequence. He will not go to jail. He does not have to worry about dying. He knows he can storm this Capitol with this gun, shake things up and get what he wants. He's, he knows that he's not going out there necessarily to die. He's going out there, you know, with his comrades to make a point. All right. But, you know, they know that they're not going to be killed. Okay. They know that. Would the crowd of saltines armed with assault rifles be so large if they knew they were going to for sure be killed when they did this? I doubt it. I, I bet it would, it would be a lot less that would show up. Okay. So can you picture a group of brothers storming government buildings with assault rifles? My God, they wouldn't make it out the front door. That is a problem. And then it's even more so painful where instead of acknowledging this, we tell the brothers that that's all in their mind. It's all in their imagination. Nobody's holding you back. You're not treated any different than any other guy. It's all on you. And you gaslight these men that what they're feeling is not real. Okay. 
half of the time, what you need in order to persevere through something is just to simply have it acknowledged. This sociopathic, emotionally disconnected society seems to not understand that. And then when you do say, brother, I understand the pain you're going through. I understand the disadvantages you have. And I want to let you know that I know that you know that despite all of that, you still pushing through for us and you haven't given up on us. It's okay to say that. Okay. That is not uh, having sympathy for a brother or being Eeyore all depressed, like, oh, woe is me. It's acknowledgement. It's a little acknowledgement. Sometime a little acknowledgement go a long way. We cannot continue to not acknowledge this attack on manhood and even more so black manhood and masculinity. If we really are paying attention, these brothers are out here hurting. They're hurting and they don't know why. So all they're doing is different things to distract themselves from the hurt, be it drinking, drugs, women, whatever, buying material things. All these men, they have a different vice. They don't even know why they're feeling what they're feeling because you're telling them that their road is the same as everyone else's and what is wrong with you? And you're just criticizing them instead of a healing. Healing requires acknowledgement. We can't just say like, oh, well, get over it, make it happen. No, I mean, we can say we acknowledge this. Okay, but we still need you to make it happen, though. You know, and we're going to appreciate you even more so when you do make it happen, because we do understand it was not the same for you as it was for others. That's okay. I promise that we can do that and it won't take anything from you. We won't die. I can promise you that. And I can promise that if we just simply acknowledge this fact, I think we would see healthier brothers because right now. I just keep seeing so many brothers that are so just lacking confidence and just beat down, just beat down, tired, um, just psyching themselves out. The men don't, they, they run around just making babies everywhere because they're too, they don't have the confidence to take on the responsibility and obligation of marriage. They're terrified to get married. Because they terrified to lose, you know, the little bit that they finally got. They're, they're terrified. They, they go into everything thinking about what if it ends. They, they go into everything thinking about what, what if it ends. Because they do not have confidence in themselves to sustain as a man. Okay. Unfortunately, I know you don't want to hear this. But ladies, there is not a way for us to put our cape on and simply say, okay, we're just going to keep it moving. Okay, brothers, for those of you that have healed, for those of you that have found yourself doing well, have found, you know, your system of getting through this system, it's not over yet. 
If you are a brother who has, you know, found a way, it is your job to pay it forward and share your stories, share your experience, share how you did so with your brothers. It's not over yet. Yes, there are some brothers who have accepted certain things that got it figured out, that have found their own way, but there are a lot who have not, and we're a unit. The brothers are hurting, and there is very good reason behind why. Okay, and it is okay for us to acknowledge that. Once we acknowledge this, then a man, because again, so many men don't know what they don't know. They've never really had conversations like this. So they may be feeling scared or overwhelmed or, you know, lacking confidence, but they have no idea how to communicate that. They don't even understand how to communicate that within themselves. All right. We just, we cannot take away God's plan and God's order. We cannot. I know that in 2020, we think we can play God. Okay, we think that we can choose genders, gender roles. We think that we can choose who it is and is not appropriate to sleep with, whether it's a woman with a woman, a man or a man. Okay, we think that, oh, marriage is optional before having children. We don't have to be married. We think, oh, it's not just the man's job to protect and provide. It's both genders' jobs. It's, you know, we, we have just decided that we're going to play God. And rewrite how this all goes. And it has yet, and I mean yet, to work out well in our favor. Okay? Brothers, I just want you to know that I get it. And a lot of us get it. I feel like a lot of us do get it. I think we just feel like we don't want to have the conversation for whatever reason. So I wanted to have the conversation today. Okay, during this pandemic, when I see how so many things went down, you know, this is what it's about. It's seeing how do things go when things really hit the fan. This pandemic is the epitome of hitting the fan. This is when we really see what matters, like when it really come down to it, when everybody is stuck in the house, when everything is halted, paused when promises are broken, when things don't come through, okay, when shortages start happening, when rights start being lost, this is when we really see the epitome of what a man truly is. We see how far a man has got to be willing to go. And we have got to acknowledge that for black men, They are faced with the choice of either die, go to jail, or deal with it. And brothers, I want you to know that if you are still making a way, just flying under the radar, making your moves in silence, despite all that, we see you and we appreciate you. And we understand that you could make excuses. Okay, we understand the circumstance. We understand that you could, you do have the option of just saying, forget it. You have the option of running from your responsibility. You have the option of saying no, but you choose not to. I want to thank you, brothers. Um, I want us to keep paying attention to this pandemic. Keep paying attention to how all of this has went down. 
Okay, let's continue to use this to grow and to learn. Who knows if in our lifetime we will ever experience another thing like this. A lot of revelations are going to come into pass right now. So let's pay attention, always find the silver lining to the cloud and learn how to grow and heal through any situation. The never ending debate. Can you be pro-black and for black people with a white spouse? Um, all right. So recently with the brother uh, Ahmad Arbery that was um, shot in Brunswick, Georgia, I, you know, I noticed some things happening, okay, because Everybody wants to express their fake outrage and the media has prompted this fake outrage like, okay, be outraged now. And, you know, it works every time. So now here comes everyone expressing their fake outrage. So I'm friends with a guy on Facebook who will (laughs) remain nameless but he he writes this whole long you know status about i am disgusted and appalled by these actions and welcome to america this is america in the year 2020 oh the racial injustice blase blase squatter okay and I- reading the status and I'm like boy this fool got a whole uh, girlfriend straight from the Caucasus Mountains I'm talking about signed sealed and delivered from the Caucasus Mountains talking about racial injustice and this is the reality that black men have to face in America and we have to take a stand from this and um wait a second (laughs) okay um hold on pause (laughs) are you typing this laying in the bed with one of them you know what I'm saying? Are you are you in this white woman's bed while sitting here talking about how we are so under attack and disadvantaged and uh we can't go for a jog, we can't go for a walk, we can't Are you actually typing all of this? As you just left your white woman's deli meat counter, help me understand this. Um, so to me, it was common sense. Listen, if you make your choice, okay, because who you choose as your spouse tells us all everything about where your mind is at. It tells someone everything that they need to know. So once you, you know, make that decision of choosing 
to give your protection and your loyalty and your love, uh, your wealth to them. Okay, that's on you. That's your personal decision. We all have the right to choose. But understand that there is stipulations that come with that. And these stipulations have been set by the real niggas of America. And the real niggas of America have made these rules and they are to be taken seriously. It is part of the real nigga 10 commandments and it is thou shalt not speaketh on black people business if thou shalt have chosen a spouse from the Caucasus mountains. Hear ye, hear ye. Hear ye, hear ye. Listen, listen wide. Thou shalt not speaketh on racial inequality and white supremacy if thou hast taken vows of the white race. Okay, it's a decree. A decree from the king. Hear ye, hear ye. <laughs> Real niggas have decided. All right. Listen, baby, we hate to do this. Okay. This is like when you get fired from your job, you know, and the boss, the manager, and the assistant manager come pop up at your cubicle with security. And they be like, um, listen, we really sorry about this, but we're letting you go. Okay. And they bring security and they come deep because they're letting you know, listen, this is not up for debate. You're fired. Just pack your stuff and let's make this easy, quick, and painless. This is what the association of real niggas do once you decide to choose white. Okay. Once once you decide, if you see what we going through as black people, if you know what we've been through, if you understand what it's going to take for us to get through this, to get past this, to really heal, to really build. Okay. If you understand your value as a man, a black man or woman and how much another black man or woman needs your love, your loyalty, your womb, your protection, your provisions, whatever it is. If, if we understand how valuable that we are as a mate to the opposite sex and you choose to take that value, the most valuable thing you have and give it away to someone who is not a reflection of you. Listen, we ain't really got time to explain why we no longer even owe you an explanation. The reality is, you know, you make that decision, you live with it. So if you choose that, that's on you. But don't think for a second that you're allowed to make that choice and still poke your nose in your head in the business of black people. And why is that? Because I'm not just saying that just to sound good. I have a real reason why I'm saying that. And, and we at the Real Niggas Association had a meeting about this and made these decisions. Okay, so we're going to use the example of the man because the men are the leaders. Okay, please do not write me talking about safety guidance. What about black women that get with white men? Yeah, 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 yeah. I hear you. We all know that's not correct either. But 
right now we are going to refer to the men because the men are the leaders in their households. Okay. So let's say that, you know, you as a black man, you have committed yourself to a white woman. All right. And then things get real, like how they're getting right now. Okay. So things get real. It's our back against the wall. We under attack. Things are escalating. These folk getting real bold. Things is starting to be on some do or die level. Okay. Do you think that we are supposed to run the risk of having you around and in our business when your loyalty lies somewhere else? Because let's keep it real. The reason why you cannot do both is because once you marry this woman, whether she is black, white, or purple, she is now under your protection obligation. So you're not allowed to say, well, you know, I know I'm married to her. However, okay, my loyalty lies within my people. You can't do that. That's not fair to your wife, black, white, or purple. So that means that whenever things hit the fan, you have to protect her over anyone else. That means you're going to leave the black women behind to protect the white woman. Where whether you would or would not have gotten with her, she would have still been protected. Okay. And she would have still had someone to go to war for her, whether your black ass was around or not. You chose to save the person with a paper cut as opposed to the person with a leg blown off. That was a decision you made. You blew your value as a black male with the ability to protect and provide on someone who didn't need it, that don't really love you, that don't really relate to you or anything else. Woo, my bad, y'all. So I'm in the middle of recording and then the people come to my door to fix my sink. (laughs) So I'm recording, then all of a sudden I'm like, uh, is that the door? Anyway, sorry. The bloopers of behind the scenes. Um, so like I was saying, so you made your decision and now you got to stick with it, okay? For where we are as a society, this is not hard to understand. This is not hard to comprehend. And no, you cannot straddle the fence. In the situation that we are in, you must pick a side and stay there. You have to, okay? We have been through too much to do the flip-flopping. And then the next excuse is, well, six to God. Are you saying that just because someone has a black mate, that that automatically means that they're for our people? Um, No, not saying that. What I am saying is once you have chosen a black person as your mate, we know you can't switch out. Okay, because remember, the number one thing we have to remember as black people is we are all in the same boat. Okay, so if you have another black person, I don't care who they are or how they feel. If the boat that they are also stuck in is sinking, they're definitely going to end up grabbing a bucket and help us get this water out this boat. Okay, you're stuck with us by default. Okay, so I rather rock with that. And for majority of black people with black spouses or partners, they're for black people. Okay, they have made very clear where their loyalty and their protection obligations stand. 
Okay, so not let's not act like majority of men married to black women aren't really for black people. I mean, you can't be any more for black people than to commit to and marry a black woman as a black man. I mean, it gets no blacker than that. Okay. Um, so the best for the, for the few people who are just in total denial and really want someone to explain to them why, I mean, first of all, the nerve, and that really goes to show where that person's mind is at. But first of all, the nerve of black people to even have the nerve to have a white spouse and then have the nerve to want a want an explanation like why can't I have a white spouse but still speak on black issues and be in black people business first of all the fact that we even have to explain this to you shows where your mind is it shows how selfish you are and it shows how in denial you are Okay, but just to play devil's advocate, just for shits and giggles, we're going to go ahead and explain why. Okay, this is the best example I can give. So I get on here and I say, guys, we are opening up a new restaurant. Okay, we are opening up a new restaurant. It's a deli. We're going to have the most best cuts of meats and cheeses, the most fresh bread and ingredients available. Okay, you guys are going to love this. It's going to be amazing. Get ready. Okay, okay. Our restaurant is going to be a game changer. You won't be able to go anywhere. It's going to be the best in town. Because I would assume that if we're opening a restaurant, we would say that, of course, our restaurant, our food is going to be the best. I mean, who, <laughs> like who <laughs> invests in something like that and doesn't promote it as being the choice of where you should go? Okay. So then someone says, oh, okay, well, what's your favorite sandwich? at your restaurant and I say oh oh I don't eat there <laughs> I like Jimmy John's okay I'm just saying that the food at our restaurant is good now me personally I don't eat it I've chosen I've made my choice I prefer Jimmy John's but I'm telling you this is the best sandwich in town you got to come to our restaurant are you going to take me seriously I mean, are you, are you, okay, I mean, clearly what you're saying is, okay, well then what you have is not the best. In your eyes, in your eyes, clearly, Jimmy John's is the best. So understand what being pro-black means. Pro, being pro-black means you see the beauty and the value in your people more than you do with anyone else. Matter of fact, everyone else, you're blind to it like Ray Charles. Okay, you have tunnel vision. All you see is your people. All you give your energy towards is your people. All you give your love towards is your people. Okay, so you you claim to be pro-black for black issues, 
Well, that would mean that you're saying that your race, your people are the best, that you love your people the most. Okay, it's it's the self-love that says, okay, myself and my own people is, you know, where my heart lies. Myself and my own people is where it's at. So how can you say that and then turn around in the same breath and be like, yeah, black queen, black women are the best. We got to love and protect black women. Yeah, the system is against us. They hunting us down out here. Excuse me, beautiful black Nubian queen. Can you tap that white woman behind you for me? (laughs) Name that movie. (laughs) Excuse me, beautiful black Nubian queen. Could you please get that white girl behind you for me? Thank you, black queen. (laughs) Yeah, I'm pro-black, yeah. Yeah, these these folk, they against us. This system is against us. Fight the system. Come on, white woman. Come on, my white queen. White, white. Oh, oh, y'all thought, oh, no, I was saying that, yeah, you know, racial equality, justice, black people are the best. Now, I personally don't have a black woman, but black woman, black queen, black power. Oh my God. Imagine this CEO of Mercedes Benz pulling up in a BMW. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like certain things just do not go like that. When you are pro-black, it means you are a lover and ambassador of your own people. As you rightly should, because as we all see, black people always get neglected in the short end of the stick. So therefore, yeah, of course, it should be common sense. Okay, that us as black people are for our own people. I mean, it should be something where it's like, okay, we all know that. All right, it just doesn't work that way. You cannot have that much audacity to say that you're going to give yourself to someone outside of black people and in that same breath, try to convince us that you really look at your own people as the best and worthy and deserving. I mean, just stop. It's just not allowed. Okay. And we have decreed this from the Real Niggas Association of America that this is just what it is. And you could take it or you could leave it. (laughs) This is where we at. Don't do that. Okay. You got a snowman on your side. You don't get to do that. Okay. Who's a perfect example of that? Candace Owens. Candace Owens always got something to say about what black people got going on. Okay. She always presents herself as the spokesperson for black issues. Okay, but she married to the whitest of white boys ever in the in the history of the world. Straight translucent powder. I'm talking about 100% USDA mayonnaise type white boy is who she with. Okay, baby girl, you already showed us where your head is at when you did that. 
Okay, therefore, you cannot be trusted. You have lost your credentials to be allowed to speak on black people issues or business. Once you decided to do that, hey, that's on you. That's your choice. But trust and believe we took your badge. Okay, your badge gets taken. We can't trust you no more. Everything you do is going to be around not offending your white spouse, okay, everything you say is going to be their logic spewed in there somehow by your late night pillow talk, taboo conversations about racial inequality and how somehow you two being sexually active together is a fight against racism and a step in direction for unity and love. And as though your relationship in itself is your contribution to the obliteration of racism and white supremacy as we know it. And you sit there with your white spouse and you spew these lies to each other until you believe them. And you're totally unaware to the true reality that it indeed does nothing but further perpetuate our situation and our oppression as people. Oh, the false sense of righteousness. I can smell it in the air. Ah, you smell it. It's just, it's just dreadful. <laughs> okay, so you know, she always got something to say. Boy, that's one. That's one bed wench. Boy, she make you wanna slide her ass in real life. Boy, like she, boy, that mouth. Boy, the way she work. Boy, she just make you wanna just be shut up. I can't stand that hoe. I just cannot stand her. And she always speaks. Like with, and, and that's the, the worst part about it is she's so articulate and she speaks with such conviction that she'll really believe this mess she be saying. And she really gets in front of all these translucent powders and sits there and just becomes a spokesperson for us. Baby girl, who asked you? Okay, you don't get to do that. Okay, you, you don't get to do that, baby girl. Okay, you, please have a seat. Okay, whether you a black woman with a white man, black man with a white woman, whatever it is, guess what? What you do is your business. I want to make this very clear. Black people don't care what you got going on. All we ask is for you to keep it over there. Okay, what you eat don't make me boo-boo. So what you do, you do. But do not think you get to play both sides, ladies and gentlemen. It does not work like that. Life is about choices. So choose wisely we are out of time for this week's show this week please make sure to like rate subscribe applaud everything you can review the podcast i appreciate this support i want to thank you for listening i will see you next week and until then peace love and black power